Okay, so this is, and everyone knows that this yeah. is not my forte. Right? <laughs> so we're here with Lacey. Lacey is, wants to do an interview today and um, also a bit of a discussion. And we're going to talk about the... Uh, hashtag, hashtag, hashtag colour the spectrum. Colour the spectrum. And there's some controversy about at the moment, yeah. things that's going on. And as Lacey, is autistic, who is autistic, um, she wants to explain it from that perspective. And so I'm going to, we've set out some questions and we've only set out questions to make it flow, yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah. Make it easier. And keep me on track. Keep her on track. Because uh, I, I go on big tangents a lot. Yeah. Um, anyone who's ever had a conversation with me will know. Once you get me, once you get me on a topic, I'm not going to stay on it for very long. I'm going to go on a massive tangent about something more interesting, <laughs> right? So we've done six questions, and so this is why we're going to ask some questions. Yeah. Also, just a quick warning: um, if I ever ask someone to repeat a question, that's just because I sometimes just completely leave consciousness for a minute and yeah. then come back to earth and have to figure out what the person just said. Yeah. Um, I blank out a lot where I'll have an answer in my head and once they've actually asked the question, completely goes. <laughs> and then I also sink into this sofa, it's very comfy. This is my dad's sofa, it's yeah. very comfy. Uh, so I, I will probably end up like this by the end of it. Right. Are you ready for your first question? Right. So, why did you want to do this video? Well, the thing is that... Um, Colour the spectrum is supposed to be a thing that supports autistic people. But obviously, as per the controversy, why it has a controversy is because it really doesn't. It's supporting a charity that's very harmful right. to autistic people. And I see it's my responsibility as an autistic people to prevent donations to this. As to educate people, right? and to teach people that they need to do their research before donating or starting fundraisers for things. Yeah. Right? So that's why, um, like for example, all of you are friends with me on Facebook, yeah. which is, I've hidden myself from search so you can't find me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but anyone who follows me on Facebook would have seen that on the 1st of April, as actually when we're filming this, it's the 25th? 25th of April, um, I can't count, um, but it's the 25th of April and um, April is Autism Acceptance Month and um, because of that on the 1st of April I posted a very long post yeah. teaching people what's okay to say, what's not and just basic like little things that you need to know about autism, things you need to avoid so, for example, avoid donating to Autism Speaks. Yeah. Um, use identity first language, everything like that. And we will come on to that identity bit. first in a little bit. Um, because there's reasons behind yeah. why you feel like this yeah. and why many people with autistic, who are autistic feel like, feel this. like this. Because um, also autistic people, um, people often, I think, uh, I think I'll touch on this a bit more in the second question because we've gone through these questions before. Mm. And, um, and, um, also to say people, we're often presumed incompetent. Which is far from the truth. Yeah. We're often presumed that we're dumb and that we can't think for ourselves and we can't have an opinion. Um, 
I think very much the media has helped influence that mm. perception with shows like The A Word, Atypical, yeah. all these other shows that just always portray autistic people as these naive, dumb, easy to manipulate people, yeah. right? And we're not that. We are, we are people with opinions and thoughts and often it's more of just a communication barrier than an intelligence barrier. Exactly. And I think there was a movie made a little while ago about yeah. someone who was autistic, but they didn't get an autistic person to play the part. Yeah, yeah, that, and I that, think that, that caused Sears, a lot of... That's yeah. Sia's movie Music, which is one, a dumb title, because yeah. there's a million things called music. Yeah. Uh, but also, um, and also made by somebody, and I don't believe there was m that many autistic people on the project. No. Right? Certainly not in high positions. No. Right? And they could have Direct had someone that's autistic to play that part yeah. and Director. be honest about it. Yeah. Dire Director, and, and also just a quick terminology thing, neurodivergent refers to anyone with any sort of um, neurological disorder, mm -hmm. so ADHD, dyslexia, uh, autism, that's neurodivergent. Neurotypical yeah. is people who don't have any of those. Yeah. So neuro neurotypical people are, tip well, they're called neurotypical because they're what society sees as the normal, normal, even though there isn't, there's never a normal because yeah. we humans are all different. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, but see, as movie music didn't have any autistic people in high positions of power. They did have an autistic actor originally, I believe, but Sia fired her because she wasn't willing. Now, this is just based off what I've seen, I can't confirm this, but. Sia fired her because she wasn't willing to make accommodations for an autistic actress. So instead yeah. she just got a neurotypical actress to pretend to be autistic. And the thing is that I don't think neurotypical people can ever, ever accurately portray, portray the autistic experience because they've not lived it, right? And they're always going to portray what they've seen before, which is also neurotypical people portraying pretending to be autistic. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a constant cycle of neurotypical people playing neurodivergent roles and that's not okay. We need, like... Because what's wrong with someone yeah. with autistic uh, yeah. being the, a yeah. movie about, a, some, about autism? Yeah, right? I mean, the whole movie also perpetuates some very harmful things, like mm. this, this, there's the scene of the hug of love, which is actually a method of um, controlling an autistic person that has actually resulted in multiple autistic people's deaths. Yeah. Um, where it's basically, there's a scene in the movie where the character has a meltdown and, um, which are totally normal things. People often think they're like tantrums yeah. or anything like that, but it's more that we're overloaded and we're trying to, and the only way we Release can get it. on, we're trying to get it out, and the only way we know how to get it out is to scream because it's simply too much because um, our senses, it's often sensory overload, but meltdowns can be really over anything. But um, for example, sensory overloads if there's fluorescent lights that, yeah. that flicker, or if there's a baby crying while yeah. somebody's mowing the lawn. It's too right? much. Yeah, right? Okay. And yeah, that, that, that movie perpetuated that, that it was totally okay that if an autistic person was having a meltdown, you just go and jump on them and grab them. And I, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but touch is also a sense. Yeah. So you're only going to worsen the overload. Yeah. By that touch physical them. touching. Yeah. And also, 
the police have done this before. Here's a, here's a tip for you neurotypical people watching and fellow autistic people if you're watching. I know you're watching Will Venus. Um, yes, hello Will. <laughs> um, but, but we were, um, but here's a tip. Don't ever, if an autistic person is having a meltdown, don't ever call the police. No. Right? It's not go a good and, thing. Go and call an emergency contact because a lot of us have those. A lot of us have emergency contacts. Um, my emergency contact is my mum. Mm. Right? A lot of us have emergency contacts. I have a card on me yeah. that has my mum's phone number so that if I ever have a meltdown, mm -hmm. right, they can grab the card and they can call my mum yeah. to come and get me. Yeah. Right? Because I think when we're saying, when you say don't call the police, yeah. you're saying it because not that the police would, you know, they wouldn't know what was going on because not everyone, as we've seen before, yeah. with many, many things that's been going happening with mental health and other different yeah. things, yeah. the police are not always the best people to deal with someone that's having a meltdown. Yeah, really. because, because the only because thing... Because they're they, not trained, yeah. specifically trained in that. The only thing they know how to do is kneel on someone. For example, autistic people have died from being knelt on by the police yeah. and from being grabbed by the police yeah. and everything like that. And often autistic people will get in more trouble mm -hmm. because they hit the police officers because they're yeah. being, so for example, they're being restrained because they'll be touched yeah. like that and our immediate reflex is to go, because yeah. we, we want and you to stop touching that's, us. That's why it's always good to try and do that. Yeah. Should we move on to the yes. second question? So, so what is your own experience like of being autistic? My own experience has been, I'm very lucky in a way that we'll, we'll move on to this later, but with um, with being an autistic woman, it's very like, if you think, I've got a, I've got a little thought for you and the viewers at home, mm -hmm. think about what's the only autism, what, what's the portrayal of autism that you've seen in media, like what is, what, what do you think of when you think of autism? Is it a little white boy? Well, is it a little yeah. white boy who's either a giant man-child yeah. or the smartest person on earth? Probably, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, just like its name, I think a lot of people, since it's always shortened to autism, a lot of people forget autism spectrum disorder. Yeah. That's because there's a wide range of it, right? There's a wide range of, of autism. So, and... A lot of people say this is like low functioning and high functioning. I don't agree with that. Because autistic people are human, obviously. We're, we're people. And humans are never that simple. You can never reduce someone down to low functioning, high functioning. No. Because just like everyone else, we have different areas of functioning. Mm -hmm. So I've got friends who are much better than me socially. Mm -hmm. Right? I have many autistic friends because we kind of attract each other. Because um, we relate to each other. Yeah, you understand each yeah, other, I think. Right? And I have friends who are way better than me socially. Yeah. But I don't think I have any autistic friends who are better than me in memory. Exactly. Or in, like, um, and my other friends. But I have I have a good friend who's also autistic who, he's really good at drawing. Mm. He's really, really talented artist, yeah. right? So what's your I can, talent? I, I can barely draw stick men properly, <laughs> right? And... So what's um, your talent then? Um, I do I do a lot of stuff mainly because we have special interests yeah. and we get very very into our... A, a lot of people think we're the smartest people on earth because 
because like we know all this stuff but the thing is is that we're mainly interested in like the thing we're interested in is what we remember yeah i can't tell you what i learned in science last week no can't tell you that right like all the stuff i spent like like five hours a week doing because it, lessons because you're disinterested in yeah, it aren't you yeah i'm not interested in it so right. really are you saying then that you are if you're focused enough on yeah. something yeah that you enjoy yeah your whole attention then goes yeah. to that yeah that's, and that's it's what called, makes you it, it's called a special interest and it's also hyper fixation yeah and hyper focusing on yeah. things right so for example one of my i'm going to try not to go on a tangent here i'm really <laughs> resisting it but one of my one of my massive special interests is doctor who yeah i we love can't go into a big thing yeah. on doctor who because yeah, it, it takes yeah. up any fans of doctor who she's the person <laughs> to talk to i tell right. you um but um one of my key interests is doctor who especially the 60s series when Nanny of the was first born. yeah the, <laughs> the, the first and second doctors and actually the 97 missing episodes yeah that's one of my key interests and i can focus ages and ages oh, no. and ages upon that but I've almost fallen asleep during English lessons because <laughs> yeah. I'm so bored. But you're really great at English though, aren't you? Yeah, but only because, like, I, I basically, I can push myself through it. Yeah. But it'll never be to the level that I can do my special interests at. Yeah. Right? But when you write though, because you write. Yeah, You I write your history, yeah. your thing. Yeah. You've got a real keen interest on... Yeah, history. On, History. I especially the royal family. I know a lot about the royal family. Mm -hmm. um, I, in fact, I made on a family tree website. Um, I made my own family tree, obviously, yeah. which I've done. Which done we've a gone lot. back to 1605. 1605 on uh, on her side because I can't find my dad's side. We've got a massive family, haven't we, Mark? Yeah. This is the thing. Mm. We go back generations. Yeah. I uh, mean, loads my, of it. My dad's over there. <laughs> Just so you know, viewers, my dad's over there sitting in his chair. Yeah, um, and then, and then, um, granddad's over, over there. Granddad's over there on the floor. Um, and because of um, where were we going to blank out? We was on about the history. Yeah, the history. About the history. And on this family tree website, I made my own family tree, and then I decided to make an English monarchy yeah. family tree, where I went all the way, finding every single like connection. I've gone into tons of rabbit holes under the British family, the British royal family's connection to other royal families, like the Danish and um, the Spanish and everything like that. And I went from William the Conqueror all the way to Queen Elizabeth II and all of her descendants, who are eventually going to be king. Good luck, Charles. <laughs> right. right, so let's move on then to the next question, really. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about oh, yeah. how autism Quickly. affects you? Yeah, hold on, just before I start, right? Mm -hmm. um, before I go on, I wanted to talk about quickly um, how Mark Rober's video uses I uh, use this person first language yeah. when many of us prefer identity first language. So what that means is rather than calling us people with autism, call us autistic people. Now it doesn't seem like that big of a change, it just seems like a difference in grammar or something like that. Yeah. But it actually has a massive impact on us. Because saying that we're people with autism implies that it's some sort of Inf affliction that we have it's a piece of baggage yeah that we have it's um it's a burden yeah on us because we have we have autism we're we we're with autism yeah right and i don't agree with that because it's not 
yes, it does impact my life in some ways. Yeah. But I think often people like to portray autism as this purely negative thing, right? That's like always, we're always like, um, we're always suffering and our parents, we destroyed our parents' marriages. There's a video from Autism Speaks from 2009 called I Am Autism and it has a whole opening thing where it's like, I am autism, I will destroy your relationships, ah, right? No, I didn't. No. I didn't destroy my parents' marriage, they did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing, I think. The honesty. Yeah, right? You don't lie, do you? Yeah, I won't lie. <laughs> because the thing is, is that, right, as with all things, right, um, Autism is not a purely negative thing. I have ups and downs just like everyone else. Mm. I yeah. have, I have in my life like some some days where I'm just like, I'm the smartest person on earth. I love, I love myself, and I have other days where it's like, I wish I could just be normal, right? Yeah. Because there are just some days, and and the thing is, is that there's a quote. I don't remember who it's from, but autistic people don't suffer because we're autistic. We suffer because we live in a world that is not willing to accommodate us and accept us. Yeah. Right? Our suffering, any sort of suffering we do have, we don't have that because of autism. It's not autism that makes us suffer, it's the lack of acceptance yeah. and the unwillingness to cooperate with us yeah. that is affecting us. How is your daily life affected by autism? My daily life, when it comes to autism, is mainly just my routine. I have a specific routine yeah. that I must follow every day, right? And if and if anything like about that routine changes all, yeah, I will cry. Yeah. Because if you disrupt my routine, then you're basically disrupting what my brain has mentally prepared to do. Because for a lot of things, it takes a lot of energy for me to do things that most people would find easy. Yeah. Because a lot of a lot of my every day involved obviously being a teenager who goes to school right mm, which is yeah right Every, my everyday life involves a lot of social interaction mm. yeah right and but do you enjoy that social interaction or not um it's, it's a mixed thing i enjoy the social interaction with my friends because, because they're, they're they're most of them are also autistic and they're just fun to be around yeah but I don't enjoy. Yourself. But I don't enjoy the social interaction with teachers and with um, other like my classmates who I'm not friends with. Yeah. Right. Because they are like they're much more difficult to get along with because they don't understand. Yeah. And the teachers usually teachers are used to teaching in one way. Yeah. And they don't understand that there's that sometimes there are people who don't learn in that way and you need to yeah. actively like push yourself and... And I think with England we haven't got enough schools that um, are designed specifically mm. for that, yeah. isn't it? And my um, our friend who's autistic, he has been displaying like obvious autistic traits most of his life. Yeah. He was not diagnosed until he was 12. Right. Because his primary school noticed they had a lot of autistic traits, but they never said anything about it. Right. Right. Easy to let it pass by. Yeah. So, so he didn't get a diagnosis until he was twelve, meaning he went most of his childhood having all these weird quirks and everything, um, without understanding why. 
So can I just ask you then, Lace, we're talking about, aren't we, people, yeah. you know, your what friend that, was, that yeah. was diagnosed at 12. What age, as a female woman, was you diagnosed then? Yeah. I was diagnosed, I'm very lucky with this, that I was diagnosed at two and a half. The formal diagnosis was at three, but they'd already confirmed and gotten everything in place at two and a half. Yeah. And that is very, right. very lucky for me because... Autistic women are rarely diagnosed that early, right? Yeah. It's only because I, one, was displaying traits that much, like my traits were very outward. Yeah. But also because I had parents who understood and were willing to fight for me. Yeah, because it was a fight. Yeah, yeah. it was a fight because we had, my nursery were the first people to notice it. Yeah. They were people who, they went up to my mum and my dad and they said, we think your daughter might be autistic. Yeah. And... Um, so they brought in a specialist, and the specialist looked at me, Yeah. and she said, no, she's just a bit socially behind, she's a bit underdeveloped, she'll catch up. Because that's a lot of things with yeah. women that have it, or girls yeah. that have it. Yeah, is that we're, we're often just seen as shy, or we're misdiagnosed with anxiety or depression, but like, I was two and a half, how could I have anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I obviously was autistic right and uh, my nursery and my parents they they told this specialist were you even looking at the right child right mm -hmm. i don't even think you were looking at our daughter because this is not at all yes. what our daughter is like yeah right um and uh and so, so they, brought, they, brought, they brought in another specialist who took like a look at me for like two minutes and went she's autistic and um, I, I managed to get a formal diagnosis. Everything was in place for my transition to primary school. Yeah. Everything was in place um, by the time I was three. Which is very good. Which is very, very, very good, right? But the thing is, is that because my parents chose to get that second opinion, that's the only reason I was diagnosed. Yeah. It's because my parents chose to get that second opinion. Yeah, they pushed my, it, didn't they? If my parents had just settled on that first doctor just saying she's so a bit So don't always believe the first opinion, this yeah. is what we're saying. If they just listened to that first doctor who said she's just a bit underdeveloped, I probably would have been still undiagnosed now. Yeah. And I'm 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, and so I would still be undiagnosed around this age yeah. had they not gone for that second And it is true that opinion. a lot more, less women are diagnosed with autism than men or boys. Yeah. Right? Because the thing is that, the reason that is, is because all the research of 100 years, so the first, so it's almost, actually in just 20 years it'll be 100 years. Yeah. Right? Um, and the first few cases of autism um, were first noticed by this guy called Hans As uh, Asperger. Asperger. Yeah. Uh, Asperger. Yeah. Tried to pronounce it right. Hans Asperger. Yeah. Um, who was actually a Nazi scientist, so we don't like him very we much. We don't like him very much at all. Right? And so that's why they kind of drifted away of the, from, from the Asperger syndrome. Yeah, and men moved, yeah, yeah for, their, right? for their links towards right? that. Right. Um, but he first, he noticed the first few uh, autistic people. He noticed the first few cases. And he, he was the person who came up with the name Asperger syndrome. Because, yeah. of course, being like he was he was a nazi scientist so he had the resources to yeah right and um but 
that but it wasn't commonly diagnosed it was the first like it was a diagnosed a bit in like the 50s I think it was 60s. more theories wasn't it, it was yeah. all about theories you yeah know, in the 40s yeah 50s and 60s there was, there was a couple diagnoses but it was all like men yeah right and it was all children as well there was no adults no right people thought it was purely a child thing that they yeah. grow out grow out of but it wasn't it's a, it's a lifelong thing yeah right i'm not going to like turn 18 and suddenly not be autistic anymore that's not how that works so right. when we look at this, um, the research now, yeah, this con oh, yeah, controversy. Like, wait, wait, wait. But like, right. all the diagnosis criteria, because of all that research, for almost a hundred years now, so it's been about eighty years now. Yeah. Where all the research has been towards white boys, right? Little white boys, right? Um, people of color are also rarely diagnosed. Yeah. Right. That's a common thing as well. Yeah. But especially women are, are, very, rarely, are very rarely diagnosed early, right? They're usually diagnosed well into their 20s, right? So they're rarely even diagnosed as teenagers, right? So it's very hard then for them to get through, isn't it, their yeah. years? Because, because they're told their whole life that maybe they're just not trying hard enough right. or anything when really it's just something that we can't help, right? We can't. Like, for example, my troubles with education of, like, misunderstanding or not being, or the teacher's moving too fast and I, yeah. or maybe I'm just kind of leaving consciousness midway through the lesson yeah. and I come back and suddenly there's a whole bunch of stuff on the board that I don't understand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's happened way too many times. Um, like, for example, I'll be in maths and my teacher will be writing an equation on the board. My brain goes, You're, this is boring. It goes <laughs> off to a dream world. And I come back and suddenly there's a whole quadratic equation on the board that I don't understand. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and because of that, because of all those years, 80 years of research that have gone into little white boys. Yeah. Right? It's really the whole thing yeah. isn't out there then, yeah. isn't it? If the, the research has just been dedicated to that. Yeah. The diagnosis criteria is purely based off how men present their traits. Oh, right. And men, right? Men present very differently from autistic women. Autistic, autistic men and autistic women, they present very differently. Yeah. Right? So it's hard if you're only going on that sort of research, yeah. isn't it? Because autistic men are much more, um, usually much more outward yeah. with their presentation. Yeah. They're usually much more, like, um, outward. And that's why the portrayal of autistic people as media is always men. Because men have the more outward traits. Yeah. Usually... Um, Women. Autistic women, we are told that we're just shy. Yeah. Right? Because we're very good at this thing called masking, mm -hmm. which is basically, and it takes a lot of energy, and that's why we're always so exhausted yeah. in the end of the day, is because we've been masking our traits for so long. Right? And masking is simply the act of, we're very good, autistic women, we're very good at looking at what other people do yeah. and copying it. Right. My my way to get through the day, yeah, is simply to copy the way other people talk, right? Because that's the way. Because like, if that's what the neurotypical people are doing, then that must be how you're supposed to, how I'm supposed to talk. Yeah. So I'll just copy that, right? And I've done that my whole life. Yeah. Other than when I was like two and I was, and you know, I hadn't learnt that yet. No. Right. And I was outward enough. Yeah. To get a diagnosis at two and a half, but we're taught that like from the basically very very young age we're taught that autistic traits are weird don't don't have those traits so we just copy other people so that we don't appear autistic right 
And that's why we need a much better set of diagnostic criteria for autistic women. Because autistic, because, like, imagine trying to base a diagnosis off another person's, like, yeah. Imagine, off, off. imagine, imagine trying to base a, dys a dyslexia diagnosis. Yeah. Off like, like a person who doesn't have dyslexias. Yeah, it could be done, could it? Right, you can do that. Right, trying to base any sort of diagnosis off something that is very different. Right, so trying to base a diagnosis of autistic women's traits off autistic men's traits it's, is never going to and work. It's never going to be true. Yeah, it's never going to be correct. Right. I, I have a friend, uh, I have another friend, because most of my friends are autistic, like I said earlier, we attract each other, um, and I have another friend who, um, she was diagnosed with anxiety since age 10, mm. turns out she was just autistic, Yeah. right, but she'd been misdiagnosed with uh, generalised anxiety disorder mm. for years. Yeah, and it was she was autistic. Yeah, it was autism, right, because it... Because obviously, they if they're not like, looking at the the right, if they're not judging it oh, how they should be, yeah, that's how so many people are missed. So we need to move on. Yeah. So the, the whole reason, we, the, one of the reasons why we've done this video is one because we want to tell your story and we yeah. want to tell people what it's like. Yeah. Um, but also, it's about this new research and this this charity. Yeah. Doing this research. Well, this charity. You, yeah. I so, say. <laughs> so. This is where now I'm going to leave this up to you to explain firstly in the charity, which I think you've already hit on earlier, yeah. and then we're going to come back to that now. Two on the testing, yeah, that they're, they're doing. doing, and why they're doing it, yeah, and why you feel that that, and many people feel who's autistic feel that this is not right. That this is not the charity that um, obviously this hashtag color the spectrum thing was started by Mark Rover who's the father of an autistic boy. Yeah. Right? And Mark Rover, I'd say he's a very intelligent man. He's an ex-NASA engineer, so he's highly, he's a highly yeah. educated man. He's yeah. very, he's got good experience. I'd say that a lot of people on the internet have a lot of respect for him. Yeah. Because he's done plenty of good things, and I do believe he had good intentions here. Because why would he purposely go for a charity that harms his own son? No. Right? And I, I think sometimes when, um, we don't know his reasons for doing it. We know, I mean, I don't know his, I don't actually personally know. I watched the video last night, it. right? But we are, again, saying that this is now, uh, he's, he's got a son with autism and he started this charity. But what well, does this charity like, do? Like, he didn't start the charity, he started the fundraiser. The fundraiser for the charity. Yeah, he has nothing to do with the actual charity. Right. Um, but he started a fundraiser yeah. to raise money for this charity. Who, who are called Next for Autism. Right. And they are a, um, they are a quite damaging charity, I'd say. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I'm, I'm now, I'm not sure if things can go in the video, but I'm very hesitant to call them a charity. I think this is Lace's opinion. We have to say it's our yeah. opinion. Yeah. And we will leave it up to you to, uh, for your opinion. Yeah. So you, you yeah. can say. But I'm very hesitant to call this a uh, charity, yeah. right? So why? Because a lot of their research, I mean if you go to their mission statement on their website, yeah. one of the first things they're trying to find is preventions and cures for autism. Why do you need to cure autism? It's not a disease, it's just a different wiring of the brain. So I think if, if we're looking at that from 
the other side, yeah. because in an argument there's always going to be two. Yeah. Prevention, I, I, you know, what is it, you know, because one of you are going to have to explain to me in a minute yeah. what is in the brain, what's happening then, and a cure. Now, a cure, um, I, I, you know, I, I can see where they're coming from in a certain way, but I don't, I can't see it, because when you're, if you're born, this is how you're born, yeah. like this, there is no cure, like there's no cure yeah. for many, many things. Yeah. So, you know, so and, yes, and I also, get it. Not only is that there is no cure, but there's no need for a cure. Why would you need to cure someone when, and we're going to come on to this later with yeah. one of these questions, but why would you need to cure certain things when, because of our intense interest in certain fields, we can be very useful employees yeah. in certain places. Like, for example, my intense love for film and everything yeah. like that, I want to work in a film archive when I'm older. Yeah. Right? And you would focus on that all day yeah. long and that would be your yeah. thing. Right? So because of that, we're very useful workers in whatever field we have yeah. an interest in. But I think you're going to have some parents out there and you're going to have some people say, well, I'd like my son or my daughter to be cured of it so they can be normal. Yeah. Right? But that's what you're saying is upsetting because yeah. you have a life. It may look different yeah. to how right? I mean, I'm. Live. I'm a person, I have ups and downs just like everyone else, right? And as with everything in humans, there is no normal. What is normal? Yeah. How do you and who are we to say that the autistic person isn't normal? Because... You know, really, because some of the... And I think what upsets me about I mean, when I, I read actually, all this here's, stuff... Here's actually, my, here's actually the thing for me, right? I'd say the most normal thing about humans is that we're not normal. Yeah. Like, there is no normal. That's no. what's normal about us. No. That's something we all share. Yeah. It's the fact that we're all different. Yeah. Yes. So I think what you're saying is, just because you're autistic, you don't need to be cured. Yeah. You don't need to be changed. Yeah. Um, but research then, because the, the, the research that you're talking about is a little bit goes more in depth yeah. than that, doesn't it? Yeah. So we need to get to that point, I think, yeah. about the in-depth part of this yeah. research they're doing now which has made a lot of people, like us as families, and think, people sit back and think, hang on a minute, that doesn't sound right, yeah. what people are trying to do, and it's about the embryos, isn't it? Yes. Basically, um, part of the funding, and actually I've got a note here, yeah. when I wrote these notes, which was at 1am um, last night, so 1am so, uh, on the 25th of April, 2021, yeah. the fundraiser on the video, which is called The Truth About My Son, which yeah. was uploaded 16th of April, has raised $937,770. Right. Which is nearing its $1 million goal. Yeah. And that is 675,943 uh, uh, pounds. Right. So that's over 600, that's almost 700,000 yeah. pounds. And what do they want that money for? towards prenatal scans for autism which basically means that if any of you don't know, don't know what prenatal is basically that's like before birth so you can have your prenatal scans which are ultrasounds and yeah. like that um, and pre and basically what a prenatal scan for autism would allow pe people to do was it allow it would allow people to detect autism in the womb which would then allow parents to abort their babies. 
which for is, being autistic, which is known as eugenics. Yeah. Because it's trying to weed out things yeah. you don't like. Yeah. Right? And I think this is the whole point about this. Because we're not the only ones that feel strongly about this. There's many, yeah. many more people. Yeah. Mainly that autistic feel strongly. people. Now, I have to say, though, that we agree that everybody has a choice to do what they wish. Yeah. As a personal choice. But yeah. I think when you're raising money for a charity, that does it make it quite clear that's what yeah. they're doing on that charity? Yeah, like that part of their part of their mission statement is looking for preventions. So prevention would be one of the preventions would be then in the embryo if they find it to then abort the baby. Abort the baby. That is one Why, of the preventions. Imagine imagine like I, I'm I'm firm believer in my body, my choice. Yes, right? and I'm we all are. And that's, we're not saying this to stop anybody doing anything. Yeah. But we just want to highlight: if you're going to give a charity money, you must be really sure what you're giving that money for and what the effects really could yeah. have. Yeah. And then also, if if you go through enough of the pregnancy to have this prenatal scan, because yeah. I don't know exactly when they're planning. No. During the pregnancy, but it has to be very this. early on. Yeah. Right. And if you were willing to go through that much pregnancy, so if you were perfectly happy being pregnant, but the moment you find out that your child is autistic, that's when you decide, oh wait, I don't want this baby anymore. Yeah. Well, don't you think that's a little ableist? Right? Yeah. I, th I, think, I think this is what a lot of people feel. I think people have are, are, are really become offended by this because there's a lot of people that live, you know, I'm autism. I'm I'm perfectly happy being autistic. Okay. It's it's a part of me. It's part of my identity. Yeah. Right. Autism is not this like burden on my family or me. No. It's not a piece of baggage I have. It's simply a part of me, and it affect yeah. and it affects how I how I perceive the world yeah. and everything like that. But that does give me the unique perspective on the world, which I think is very useful. Yeah. Right. And I think when we was talking earlier, we was talking about people from history that have had traits. Yeah. Or, or, you know, because as we've said earlier, the research wasn't there as such, but I think who was the major uh, one? Well, well, basically, one major person who is believed to have been autistic is Albert Einstein. Now, so uh, imagine if this research had been done then. hundreds of years ago when Albert Einstein was in his mother's womb. Yeah. Um, and she had the choice. And she had the choice to abort him. We would not have the theory of relativity. Yeah. And I think there's other people in history that stand out of having some traits of some form uh, yeah. of it. I mean, also there's uh, Dan Arkeroyd, I, yeah. I think I'm pronouncing that right, who's a very famous actor. He's also got di he he is diagnosed autistic when he was in his forties, I think. Yeah. If if he didn't if he had been aborted for being autistic, think about how different Ghostbusters would have been. Is it? Right. You know, but I think everyone, whether they're actors or they're scientists or they've changed the world in some way, I think once we start choosing, you know or being able to choose what, how, how normal do we want, you know, what is normal? What else then is this gene going to be took out, you know, yeah. from what else is going to be removed? I mean, think about like, it's a thing of like, um, recently there's a big debate going on, I'm not going to go too deep into no. it, but it's a big debate of gene editing yeah. and everything like that, and designer yeah. babies. designer babies. Where right. is, does it end? Right. So. If you choose that you don't want any autism in your family, well... That, that's, that, that's their choice. Yeah, but right. we just wanted you to make you aware of what this charity, this is, charity is about. 
Yeah. Right? This charity is looking for um, prenatal scans. Um, I mean, both this and I believe Next for Autism also has ties to Autism Speaks, which is another terrible autism charity um, that we're all very strongly against. It's what popularised the puzzle piece symbol that we also don't like. Here's a tip, here's another tip for you neurotypical people watching. If you want to spread autism acceptance, this autism acceptance month, now that it's coming to an end, yeah. right? Um, and also it's autism acceptance, not awareness. Yeah. Uh, autism awareness, um, well, well, just being aware of something isn't really going to help. We need acceptance. Yeah. Right? We need people who are willing when... to um, accept us. Yeah. Right? And, um, but with... Uh, the Autism Month this month. Uh, yeah, this month. If you want to spread autism acceptance, this autism acceptance month, or next one, which is it's every April. Yeah. Um, then use the uh, Neurodivergent Infinity Ribbon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a nice symbol and it represents the whole neurodivergent community. A puzzle piece symbol. It's it was made in the um it was made in the nineteen fifties, uh, but it was popularized by Autism Speaks in the nineties and early two thousands. Mm -hmm. And it basically it was made because autism was a puzzling condition. Right. And it basically implies that there's something missing or we're a puzzle that needs to be solved. Right. Well you don't like that. No. Yeah. Right? So tip. Use the infinity ribbon. I'm trying to do an infinity symbol here, but did I'll, you send me a link to that so I can put it up on it? I'll, I'll um, I'll send you that. But put an infinity in the infinity ribbon. So much better than the puzzle piece. So we're talking about the funding for this to go to this sort of thing. But what do you think funding should go to? I think something that'd be much better to fund, like we talked about earlier, mm. would be research for. Or autistic women. Yeah. Right? We need more research on autistic women and autistic people of colour and everything like that because they are often the ones who are misdiagnosed yeah. or misbelieved or not yeah. believed. Right? Yeah. They are the ones who need research done. Yeah. Right? So, for example, one thing I would absolutely love as an autistic woman is if other autistic women can have my experience of getting diagnosed early. Yeah. Right? Because one, it would give them a better quality of life because yes. they'd get the help they needed. Yeah, and everything would already. And for me, it was because, right? I already had everything in place by the time I was in primary school. Mm. You know, like five years old. But yeah. By the time I was three, everything for my transition to primary school was already set up. Yeah. Right. And. And everything like that, because I got diagnosed that early, it allowed them to get everything into place. So that my yeah. experience was not too jarring. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that it was a bit easier for me. And it so allowed you'd, you'd want research, not so much going to the embryo part, yeah. to try and find a cure or Isn't to get that, rid of uh, anything I want, like that. I want research into how autistic women present their yeah. traits and thus to be able to create a diagnostic criteria specifically for autistic women. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I think the other part about the funding and the charities to be, should be because there's a lot of people out there with people in their family who haven't got any help like we're talking about yeah. schooling haven't we? Yeah. we we haven't got enough schools that just cater because it is on a spectrum so yeah. we're going to have people on that spectrum aren't we yeah from that are going to be affected in different ways yeah so i think right. if you're going to fundraise and you're going to do things for 
you know, on the autistic spectrum or any other, you know, as you say. Right. The money should go to help the families. Yeah. To, I mean, support the families. Uh, to help. Yeah. Next for Autism and also its connection to Autism Speaks. Yeah. Both of those charities, very, very little of their funding actually goes towards helping autistic people and their families. Yeah. Very little of that, that funding goes there. Yeah. Right? And um, most of it goes towards finding preventions and cures and all this kind of, and also paying its employees who are also not autistic. Right. Right? Yeah. So, so even some of these charities to hire right? people with autism. Right. right. Or, that would be so much better, autistic people, right? If you like, um, so for example, on Autism Speaks, there yeah. used to be an autistic guy on the board of directors, but he left because he was not being listened to. Right. Right. And I think this is the big issue here, is if you're going to employ someone, right? then you need to make sure that you're not just employing them to have their, their title to, or their yeah. name or their or to have diagnosis the, on yeah. their piece then, of paper, but you're actually listening and taking yeah. into account and focusing yeah, on what I they're think, saying. I think people take it as in a, like the diversity checklist. Yeah, right? and it, it can't like, just be a checklist. Where it's like, if you just check like, oh, we hired a black person. Yeah. We hired an autistic person, yeah. right, what do we need to do now to be no, considered a diverse company? So how do you think the world would be? Final question, because we have to wind this up. Yeah. How do you feel the world would be if there was no autistic people in it? I think the world would be a lot less interesting. Yes, I agree. <laughs> right? Because I don't think many of you actually know, I think a good thing to do is uh, if you want to know, right, look up your favourite celebrity on Wikipedia, go down to the personal life section, mm. right, see if it mentions autism down there, right, or if they have a health section, go down yeah. there, right, um, right, and look up your favourite celebrities, I bet you at least one of them is autistic, Yeah. right, because the amount of autistic people that I know, right, Makes it very clear there's a lot more of them than the media likes to portray. Yeah. Right? Like, the amount of autistic people I know just in my friend group alone, right? There's a good, what, four autistic people in my friend group? And they're very talented. Yeah. One of them's a talented artist. The other one is um, a very, she's very dedicated to her animals. Yeah. Right? And everything. And my, you know, my other friend who's an artist, he's a, he's a very popular digital artist. Obviously, I won't tell you his name. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's, there's but, talent out there, so that I think yeah. the world right. would be a lesser place. Yeah. Do and you? Also, and also, had there been not, no autistic people in it in the entirety of history, well, um, good luck having the theory of relativity. Um, but you would not have so many things. You wouldn't have the original Ghostbusters lineup. No. No. Um, there are so many things we wouldn't have. Right. You wouldn't have the the original Ghostbusters that tons of people like. You wouldn't have theory of relativity, everything like that. Yeah. You would not have those. Um, and also, I just want to have a quick thing about the use of autistic people in media. Is yeah. we're often used as kind of the we're used as the subject and not a person in it. Yeah. Right. We're used as the thing that everybody else is around. Right. Yeah. We're not used as an actual person in the piece. So, for example, I'm sure many of you have seen headlines be popularised, maybe on Facebook or on a sort of social media you've seen shared, 
right, of stuff like um, boy invites autistic girl to prom, right? And in that headline, there'll be an interview with the girl's mum, and there'll be an interview with the boy, but no interview with her. She's not part of this story. No. She's the subject of the story. Yeah. She's the, and it's often what the internet, now I'm not sure if I can say this, but this is what the internet refers to as inspiration porn. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the name the internet has given it. Yeah. Right? Because it's yeah. basically where things are used as inspiration. Yeah. Right? So, for example, in Mark Rober's video, I think this is shown in the fact that he spends most of the video talking about how hard life can be for these people. Yeah. And then suddenly talking into, oh, but the wonderful things they can do. Yeah. Right? And I see that as a thing of like, um, I see that as a thing of like, well, yeah, but we have ups and downs just like everyone else. It, yeah. Everyone's like that. Yeah. Right? Everyone has hard times in their life that is also accompanied by the wonderful things they do. Yeah. Right? But just because it's autistic people, it's seen as so much more inspirational. I mean, the comments underneath that video, I've read some of them, and some of them are like, this is so inspirational, thank you for this video, Mark. Right? Mm, I haven't watched it. I'll be honest, I haven't watched it, and I'm not even going to bother watching it, because she's just told me everything about it. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I have, I did watch it. I did watch it, um, and I disliked it. Yeah. Um, and I think as an all, you know, you, you have autism, yeah, right? I'm autistic, yeah. And so you're autistic and you are, have a right to say, yeah. and your opinion counts and matters, yeah. because you have it. Yeah, I, 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 you I, are I, it. I love, you're, I, I live yeah. this experience. I am not, and, and when you speak about lots of different stuff, it's not my forte, as yeah. you know. Yeah. Yes, I know about mental health and I know about different stuff like that, but Basically, I think when when you actually, I think when was you when you actually um, sort of believed or or, or understood that you have yeah was autistic. The, the, the first time, the first time it really kicked in for me is because I I've, it's always been in the back of my mind. Like I've always known yeah that I'm autistic because I've always been diagnosed. That's yeah, the thing. I've always known it. But when did you so, really understand it? So I've always. So, like, for example, when my mum used to fill in forms at my school, and she'd yeah. write down my health conditions, yeah. and I would tell her, write down autism. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I knew, I knew that that was there, and yeah. she, she, she would always just forget, right? Because, like you've said, she has a memory like a sieve. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's something you've said multiple yeah. times in the video, right? And um, I'm, I'm, I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but the first time it really kicked in for me that that I was actually autistic was in um, when I was 11, so I would have been in year 7, yeah. and um, that was the first time that it really kicked in for me, right, because obviously I was on social media and I had seen, like, um, and I was seeing other people like me for the first time, and then in secondary school, unlike in primary school, primary school was a much smaller group of people. Yeah, you went to a quite a small primary yeah, school, I, went I think, to a small anyway. I went to a small primary school where there was only one class per year. Yeah, you were right? very lucky. Yeah. Right? So rather than, I know a lot of British primary schools have actually like two classes yeah. in year, so you have two year six classes. Yeah. I only had one. Yeah. Right? And, um, and, I, and everything. So I was constantly around the same people. So that meant that I was never opened up to the like other experiences. I was yeah. never opened up to that. 
So going to suddenly going from this tiny little primary school to a massive secondary school with with like I believe there's like ten classes in my year. Mm. Right. You found it a bit overwhelming, I think. Right. Did you at first? And yeah, and, there, and there's and because of that, there's so many more people there. I mean, just in my year alone, I think there's about 150 people in my mm. year alone. So, so because of that, I know so many more people now. And because of that, I've been opened up to so much more what I like to call um, neurodiversity. Yeah. Right? I've been opened up to so much more of that. But so before, before, I had my one friend who was undiagnosed autistic. Yeah. Right? But then, in secondary school... Now I know a bunch of people are autistic. So you, you, when you found out, when you, not when you found out, but when you, you accepted it and you realised, yeah. you started to research. Because I yeah. want these people to know that you research everything. Yeah, I, I research right? a lot. So when, she, when, you, when you was, because not when you was diagnosed, she was too young when you were yeah. diagnosed, but when you actually found out at 11, yeah. 12, uh, 11, 10, 11, yeah. you really started then to research about about it, didn't you? Yeah. About this I did disorder. a lot of research. So you could understand it yourself. Yeah. And do you think that's a good idea for other people? Yeah. I'd do? say, even if you're not autistic, right? Research. I'd say, do, do, do your research, right? And that's always something I will say. If ever you see a charity, do your research, research. on them. Before you give money. Before you give money, before you start fundraisers, yeah. before you share their stuff on social media. Do your research, see if they're a good company. Because Mark Rober and all these other, like, I want to talk about the sheer number of people who are involved in this. So, yeah. for example, Jimmy Kimmel, John Oliver, Rhett and Link were involved, but they've now withdrawn their support, luckily. Yeah. Jack Septiguy, who I had a lot of respect for, and I still do, he's an amazing guy, but um, he needs to reconsider this. Right. And um, many, many other celebrities and internet stars, like the D'Amelio sisters. But do, you, do you think they under, really understand what they're backing? No, I don't think they do. I think that they've seen this video, and you know, Mark Rober has organised this. Yeah. He published the video on 16th of April. He'd actually filmed it in 2018. Really? Right? And it took this long to release it out? Yeah, because he didn't feel comfortable with it, because it was really personal, because he'd never really shown his son no. on camera, and suddenly he was going to be releasing all this information about him yeah um and everything and he and i do see that that's a good intention you see it as a right. good intention maybe yeah, you, yeah right to bro bring, bring awareness to the charity yeah right because so obviously this is what to, we've done isn't yeah. it you're on here because you chose you wanted to do yeah. this this has got nothing to do with me this was done by lacy to give awareness yeah that's so, what we're here for yeah plus we're not to push but this charity is maybe not all it seems to be. Yeah. If you don't read the fine print. Yeah. If you... Because I believe that he simply was looking for a good local charity for him. him. Yeah. Right? As he's from the United States. Yeah. Right? And he was looking for a nice local charity for him that claimed to... And obviously what he says in the video... Yeah. This is close enough paraphrasing here. Yeah. That he... um that next for autism helps with um autistic people transitioning from childhood to adulthood right right and obviously his son is approaching that yeah right, okay so yeah with his son when his son becomes a teenager he says he wants his son to be able to have like this nice good start to adulthood 
where it's not too jarring for him to suddenly yeah. be out of education. And I think that's a really good thing because that's what we all plan, yeah. isn't it? When even for you, you we plan ahead, don't yeah. we? Yeah. And then, and I think it's the thing that like parents do as well when they, they have do. children is they they plan well, that, like what plan is a natural thing, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So like I'm sure my mum planned for me when when. But he must have long. known what the charity was about, or you don't believe he really did. I believe. Or did he did he misunderstand? I believe that maybe he might put out a call for an autism charity. Right, and this um, one's come forward. And this one came forward claiming they help support um, autistic people, like transition from childhood to adulthood. Yeah. And I believe that maybe he just didn't do his research, which I find kind of disappointing for an ex-NASA engineer, mm. right? He's a very, he's clearly, from, used to work at NASA, Yeah. then clearly he's a very well-educated and but I think, I think, given the benefit of doubt, you have to think with anybody, when you have a charity and they're saying something in the big print, and a lot of you would have fallen for this already, right? Um, you believe them, don't you? Yeah. You don't always look at the fine points and the print, the lower, you know, you don't really research them. Yeah. If you're trying to raise money and raise awareness and all this stuff, even though that we're trying to do, we would look. Because you research, I re we're researchers, that's what we do. Yeah. We research things. Yeah. Maybe he's not like that. Maybe he wanted just to give, just do something good. Yeah. But, but I think what it's doing is there's lots, so much controversy about this now. Yeah. From, from different yeah. sides. The fundraiser has currently got five days left. Right. In the fundraiser, so it'll end at the end of this month. Yeah. And, um, and it's almost... With only five days left, it's almost at its one million dollar goal. But you realise yeah. that it will eventually, re it definitely will eventually reach that. Yeah. By the end of the fundraiser. And that money will then right? go into to next for autism's research. Yeah. But um, I want to know tr truly how much of it is really going to supporting autistic people, and how much of it is actually going to trying to kill us and eradicate us from the genetic gene from the gene pool. Yeah. And I right? think this is what this video is all about. Yeah. So if any of you. You've got any information on that, mm -hmm. or you want to add anything? Leave some comments. Yeah, because we'd be and really also, interested. And also, to here's a, here's one last tip I've got. If you do want to donate to actually help autistic people, donate to autistic-led charities like the Autism Self Advocacy, the Autistic Self Advocacy Network. Yeah. I can't. Can you say advocacy? advocacy? Advocacy. Yeah, advocacy. Right, I struggle with speech. Oh, um, so do I. Okay, right, but um. <laughs> I guess I get it from somewhere. <laughs> right. Um, but but the Autism Self Advocacy Network, also known as ASAN, yeah, that it's an autistic-led charity, right? Because um, it's a it's a phrase that we've developed, which is nothing about us without us. They are right. Nothing Good. about us without us. Because if you're going to start a charity about us but not include us in it, well, I don't consider that a charity because, like, imagine how many charities. Right, it would be terrible if the people actually with the thing weren't involved in it. No, I know. Like, I know. cerebral palsy charity with only able-bodied people. <laughs> right? Yes. Right? So, like, like a, a, a charity for people in wheelchairs. Yeah. Right? With no people in wheelchairs involved. Yeah. Right? Like, imagine those kind of charities. That sounds stupid, doesn't it? But so I think you're giving some good advice to yeah. go to certain charities and, as you say, Give 
we're not saying don't give to charities we're saying give to charities but know who you're giving to yeah and what you're giving for yeah that's do, the whole thing do me research so most basic way i can say is donate to autistic led charities nothing about us without us yeah and do your research do your research right research i mean i'm not sure if the camera will be able to see this but that's my research for today <laughs> right um and so do your research on stuff because like if you don't research stuff you're not going to understand what you're giving to yeah right i'm sure when mark rober started this fundraiser he did it with the pure intention that he wanted to help yeah you know his son but i saw an amazing comment underneath that video by an autistic person from an autistic person yeah that said right Imagine how his son will feel when he finds out his dad supported a charity that is trying to kill him. Yeah. And I think this is the thing, is what we've all got to be wary of when we do certain things and give to charities and we don't really understand that sometimes these sort of things can come back, you know, and bite us in the butt, really. So, yeah. you know, just be aware. So anyway, Lacey, yeah. I'm going to wind it up now and I'm going to say thank you for your really <laughs> amazing insight into it. Now you know what to do, you can follow us on, um, I think, are we going to put this on um, both uh, sites think, or what we need uh, to do? I think, I think we'll advertise it on Murder Analyze as well. Yeah, um, so we're going to advertise on Murder I mean, Analyze actually, and we're going to put it on the phone. Actually, so. maybe we can put it on Murder Analyze as well because we can just say it's a bit off topic. But Yeah, if we so it, we're going to put it on both channels. So give us a thumbs up, Right. you know what to do. Because, um, because you can do the outro, you can do the outro, can't <laughs> um, you now? Your our, turn. Our links to uh, Facebook, Instagram, everything will be in the description. And this will also be on Spotify podcast because I think yeah. it's a really good podcast yeah. to go yeah. on. Um, but we'll have to remaster the audio for that. Yeah. Um, and cut it up a bit. But um, our, our, all our social links, I will put them in the description if I remember. Because uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but she writes most of the descriptions. I go in and I fix them up and I add all the links. Right? Thank gosh. Right. Um, but my job here is simply I I sort I sort out the uploading stuff. She does all the she does all the research for the cases. She writes and she writes and records Calls, all of them. Edits, edits, edits everything. And then she I don't know how to do it. she uploads she uploads them and then I go and fix them up and yeah. I and then we and then I publish them. Yeah. Right. Um, so all our links will be in the description. Um, you can subscribe if you want. Um, we have Facebook, Instagram, what else do we have? Spotify. Um, I did sort out subreddit. Just sort out quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and everything. So just, yeah. Do it. So, are you going to say until the next time or should I? You do it. They used to you. So thanks for watching and until the next time. Bye bye. <laughs>